You're listening to the After The Show podcast, the weekly movie review show from your friends at ascully.com. I was going to say we won't have any before the After The Show discussion this week because there's a lot of stuff to get through. It's a busy, busy week. But we did have some before the After The Show discussion. No, we don't want to extend. It was brief. What was it? Just now, we were talking about Google Docs, and that was about it, really. Yeah, we were trying to get, <laughs> we were trying to get our behind-the-scenes outline that we use for the show correct, but Google Docs um, doesn't want to cooperate with us. So to show you that our before-the-after-the-show discussions are not always very dynamic and interesting, All right. clearly. All right, so it's Saturday, June the 9th, 2012. This is After the Show, number 227, your weekly movie review podcast from us. A Scully. Sid Talk. From ascully.com. That's where you can find this podcast. You've actually found it. So. We're physically inside ascully.com at this very moment. And you've actually found the podcast already, so I don't really need to tell you that. Unless you're wondering, where the hell is this po- Where the hell did this come from? It didn't just occur in their life, randomly. Right. It, well, yeah, they could have pressed a link that it was linked <laughs> to another site. or uh, True. And they didn't know where it came from. Yeah, they could. Um, Alright, so the movie we're looking at this week is John Carter on Blu-ray Disc. This is a 2012 movie, released on Blu-ray this week, the 5th of June, 2012. It's a PG-13. The tagline for the movie is, A warrior on Earth becomes a hero on Mars. Perfect tagline, once you see the movie. Or before you see the movie, even. Doesn't matter. Uh, It's from our friends at Disney. It's the Blu-ray DVD combo pack. It's also available in a 3D version, but we saw the 2D version. And Sid Talk is going to give you the synopsis of this movie. Okay. It's kind of difficult, but I'm going to go with a warrior <laughs> on Earth becomes a hero on Mars. Correct. A dude from the Civil War um, stumbles upon a certain kind of power and is transmitted to Mars in the midst of their own Civil, Civil War. War. Correct. Which, um, when you think about it, the whole planet of Mars has two fa- factions fighting against one another. They call that a civil war. So, on Earth, when we fight anybody, it's a civil war. It's We're all the same, so it's we're fighting ourselves. It's not like we think civil war as, oh, in your own country, you fight each other for a cause. But it's actually, as humans, on our own little planet here, it's all civil war. Because we're all we've got. I always think it should be called an uncivil war because oh, very good. there's nothing civil about a war. You should write a novel called that. <laughs> yeah, maybe there is one. Or a graphic novel. Ooh, the uncivil war. I'm getting some ideas. The uh, uncivil war. All right, so um, <clears throat> let me... Uh, John Carter. It's got a lot of um, history behind it. It's a Edgar Rice Burroughs wrote a series of books called the... Was it the Moonsome? What, what's the place called? Princess of the Moon? No, what's the... Oh, Borum? Moonsome? No, Borsum or something like that. Yeah. Uh, he wrote, the, he wrote a, seven um, stories about this place. This one, John Carter being based on the Princess of Mars out of that series. Um, so it's like a hundred years old, the, uh, the, the, you know, book that it's based on. Not, it's not actually a book. It's a story that was published in a as a serial, like a pulp, pulp magazine. Dog. Yeah. You know? um, 
So it wasn't a full novel, but it was a series of stories. So, yeah, this has a long history, um, and as we saw from the extras, they've been trying to make a John Carter film for the longest time. It just never happened. Now it's happened. Um, Let me just preface this by saying, uh, this movie got a really bad rap. Now, I've been looking into it a little bit this week. The reason it got a bad rap is audiences didn't take to it for some reason. Um, But personally, when I look at it, I don't think it is that. I think the marketing for the movie was wrong. I don't think they marketed it heavily enough. Right. Because what happened was, we saw a trailer for John Carter, a teaser trailer, almost a year before it came out. Do you remember? And we went, oh, wow, that looks amazing. Yeah, it's like everything. We saw the airship thing. Yeah, yeah, and we were like, wow, that's something different from Disney. And then when it came around, it got delayed a couple of times, the release date got pushed, and then when it finally came around, it, um, it didn't have a, a major marketing push. Didn't seem like it. And this Blu-ray, even, hasn't got that big a marketing push because I normally hear it on you know t- TV, or even on internet. I'll go to a website, there'll be John Carr coming out soon. I've not seen it, hide and hair of this. I've not seen anything. So I think it might be victim of a marketing mishap rather what I think is when they first start showing it to audiences and then certain louder voices I know what I can just tell what I can be psychic and tell you what they were picking on and that they let that rule then their future marketing that this little whiny bitchy group of people who didn't like X, Y, and Z they probably then went oh crap that's our test audience and nobody's gonna like it because they don't like it and so just nip it in the bud see and I would say as a fan of sci-fi in a big way you know I'm I'm obviously Mm -hmm. a fan of sci-fi if you're a sci-fi fan and you were whining about this film I have no idea what you're whining about first off I do first off the story it's a hundred year old story that already exists. It's you know it might have been tampered with a little bit to make it more um, you know modernized or whatever. But it's a story that exists, so don't complain about the story. You know what you're getting for. Second, the special effects in this movie unbelievable. Um, I think people are really super picky and finicky nowadays, mm-hmm. and you should just stop being that and just enjoy some things for what they are. Exactly, and that's what this is. It's a it's a it brings me back to my childhood a little bit. It's an adventure movie. It's, you know, it's everything I like in an adventure movie. It's got strong characters. I like the interesting politics going on. I like the world. Who doesn't like a sci-fi story <laughs> set on Mars? Yeah, really. And an interesting look at Mars, not the Mars that you would think, like the red planet. I mean, the dead planet. Like an actual thriving Mars. Um well. Not really. Ish. But what I mean is, it's not like uh, Red Planet or that kind of thing. Um, So, you know, I think you should stop... But you have to acknowledge the things that are wrong with it. Well, I think you should stop going with the internet crowd and everybody who says things... Absolutely. Oh, don't watch that. Somebody told me that was really rubbish and don't watch that. You know, that kind of thing. Don't follow along with that. See things for yourself. Make your own mind up. Of course some people won't like it. But I say, if you're a sci-fi fan, if you're like any like me, you grew up with Star Wars, Indiana Jones, adventurous type films that make you take you on a journey. This does exactly that. In fact, there are times when I, it was almost like Star Wars for me. Like, I mean, there, there were it has similarities to Star Wars, obviously. Um, I really enjoyed the whole adventure of it. Um, 
Disney made another film, Prince of Persia, a couple of years ago, which I was kind of thinking, oh, that'd be a cool movie for Disney to make. And it didn't quite come off right. I feel this is, like, more what they should have gone with that, you know, more bigger, and, like, there's a big scope to this, whereas Prince of Persia felt like it was in a couple of rooms to me. You know, it's small. Mm-hmm. But this has a huge scope, you know, and, and they employed major, you know, the Pixar people to do the major special effects. You know, it's it cost almost as much as Avatar to make this movie. That was another thing. They went super high budget with it, and perhaps it didn't right. draw the Avatar money numbers. Well, obviously it didn't, because nothing does, right? But, um, yeah. I- That's because of the flaws, and you cannot, no one can deny the flaws, but you can't get hung up on them. No, you just have to. And there are many of them, and you get the spectacular special effects with the CGI and the what they call the fact, the fox, the facts or whatever the the green. Amazing. Yes, and then you have the absolutely atrocious, unforgivable, crappy jumping and horrible ragdoll. A lot of times of when people or things are falling or being defeated, that it's really poor ragdoll effects like the physics of people falling down or or being defeated you know like when you're in a battle and then people are falling away like being there it's really bad there's really bad like when he's jumping it's hulk bad i mean like super bad so what i had to do was get my mind away from the oh god that looks like shit and just keep up with the in a second, I'm going to be happy again. And I think that is where people would be, like, rolling their eyes. And you can get lost. You know, you can pull you out. Because as soon as he starts jumping, I was like, oh, no, that looks so horrible. I and I was embarrassed. Oh, it did. It looked, like, so bad. It to just me, didn't I, look to natural. To me, I was like, I don't know somebody jumping on Mars. What the I know, but you like. even know it doesn't look like that. It doesn't look right at all. I don't think, I don't, nobody knows what it looks like. Well, I'm saying I'm is, not saying you do, but you can, you get the vibe. No, I, I don't know what green I, I features with horns look like either, but I could tell they were right. Well. And the jumping just was bad, and it made me very, un- like, oh, okay, I just blurry my eyes every time he's doing that really whoop. Jumping, it was Hulk kind of jumping, and it was the thing we hated about the Hulk. And to deny it in this one, I think is not reasonable. No, it wasn't the jumping in the Hulk. It was the actual Hulk. It looked like a piece of plastic. I know, but the jumping of the Hulk was one of the things we hated. It right, because he so didn't have bad. enough mass and weight, and this guy only has a, a certain amount, right? It doesn't what I'm talking about. It's like the actual thing of him jumping. It's right. Well, personally, bad. I didn't even have a problem, and only until you just said it mm. did I think, oh, well, maybe. So no, it, right. that's not everybody doesn't pick up on that. So for me, if there's anything bad, it's just some poor dialogue on occasion, yeah. and it, and that's just very. I I put it down to like, if they're trying to follow an old hundred year old text, hundred year old texts do sound like do sound a bit hokey on occasion because they're very eventually and like you know like something like Flash Gordon or you know it's very I'm not sure about people that. talk very matter of fact to each other sometimes there isn't a lot of emotion like it's just like mm. they're expressing some saying some you know and that there is a lot of that in this but there is a lot of that in Star Wars Absolutely. Star Wars is exactly like that too you know it's like the old serial um, 1930s serials like Flash Gordon where it's an adventure and secondary there's acting yeah right? exactly <laughs> you know it's more about this adventure so, if I had a problem, it was, like, some of the dialogue. Not the actual actors, actually. Just that some of the dialogue was a bit Star Wars-ish. And, you know, I'm the biggest fan of Star <laughs> yeah. Wars, and the dialogue in Star Wars is generally not very good. Yeah. 
But that's not what you come to Star Wars for. You don't come for the dialogue, really. You come for the space adventure. You know? Right. So in this, that was... If I had a problem, that would be it. But I didn't have a problem. And I had fairly low expectations just because (laughs) everybody was down on this movie. And I was like, okay, so everybody's down on it. About 80% of those are like the internet troll type people who are like, oh, let's get on something and say it's crappy and make it really bad, like Gili or something, right? Mm-hmm. And then some of them are just people who didn't like it. But majority are going to be the people who went, one person says I don't like it and they all go with it. So I thought, if there's any truth to it, it's just a mediocre sci-fi movie. It's more than a mediocre sure. sci-fi movie. It's an actual good sci-fi movie. And you can't argue with a tried and true story that actually inspired lots of other Star Star Wars. Inspired other people, you know? I don't know that it was the story completely as they described it. It's just sort of like all the elements there that... Yeah, like this guy wrote a thing a hundred years ago that we still put elements of it into new sci-fi movies just by osmosis because sci-fi stories told back then are still resonating inside us. Which is amazing, right? So this... So he must not have been the only one... No, there was plenty of uh, pulp sci-fi stuff back then. Flash Gordon being one of them. Um, but his has obviously stuck out. You know, there's if you think about it, when he was writing this stuff, and we just saw it like a, a shot on it, he was, you know, struggling financially. And I really like that line that he said himself, I just need to open up my imagination. Almost like selling out Not that, of the serious that- writing. He said he wasn't even a writer before. Well, I mean, he wrote. He said he'd wrote some uh, newspaper articles, right? Which are just news newspaper. or whatever. And then he said, "I need to open up my imagination to to write the horrible fiction that the other people are writing." Yeah, exactly. And he disagreed. The terrible writing, right? And then, but then got into it once he opened or his did imagination. He get into it because it made him a lot of money. Yeah, we don't we, know. We know Beloved to him, but um, yeah, it, it's an interesting. Mm-hmm. And what came out of his imagination... You know, once you do open up your imagination, things like this occur, right? So um, so I disagree. I really enjoyed it. I would watch it again, in fact. I, yep. I, I think there's a lot to see, and I think kids would love it. I mean, there's characters... You know, like, I was thinking, there's a dog in here, like a like a sidekick character, and people would go, um, I hate Jar Jar Binks in the Star Wars thing because he's kind of an irritating sidekick character. And there's a dog in this one that doesn't actually speak, but it's... It's got so much personality and it's so fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just a why dog. Why are you comparing it to Jar Jar? Uh, that's some of the negative comments I heard. Like, mm. why did they have this sidekick character running about? The sidekick character's not annoying at all. No, he's, he's barely even in it. Like, he's like a he's like a, a guardian to, to John Carter. He doesn't steal any scenes because he doesn't say anything. He's funny on occasion. That's it. Yeah. It's not like a big deal. He's not as charming as the horse in Tangled, but he is pretty charming. He's pretty charming. The horse in Tangled was... The, yeah, the fact that he can't say nothing, though. I mean, the, I mean, the Tangled yeah, yeah. But this this character's just, like, cute. Like, you want to... He's a... He's a no, I don't want to cuddle him. But he's a dog, like, um, a dog chasing his tail. He's yeah, like... Yeah. But he's I said he very loyal. Squirrel. Yeah. Squirrel. The guy from Up. The so I, I love that. Um, I love that character. It was, and that's one thing. I mean, that, it's a bit silly compared to the bigness of everything else. But it, but it's explained that it's a, it's a guardian that will just when it's assigned you, to you, it, yeah. will, it will do, go wherever you want. And I loved how fast it moved. Yeah, because <laughs> it could move Mysterious. really fast. Um, so yeah, that, there's a lot to like in here. I think if you're a sci-fi person, you should watch it. 
Mm, I don't know if that's fair to say. Not everyone who likes sci-fi likes everything, but if you ha- if you like to let your imagination go, because I don't know anything about these original stories, and just the just experiencing in the moments when it looks genuinely like what you might see if you're in that moment, I'm just I get lost in it. And then of course the few minutes of the really bad thing pops up here and there, and I just have to like. There are some spectacular special effects in this movie like scenes with thousands of people mm-hmm. like like an av- like avatar like scenes with thousands of cg figures that and there's no humans in there it's and they're just, not all the same not all the same when you look at them real close they're all different yeah at least and, from the ones i could see yeah and a bit you know there's a it's on the front of the box <laughs> the arena scene where he's yeah with the uh, big what do you call them? white gorillas white apes white apes um amazing also brought me back to Star Wars because yes. there is there is a scene almost like that in one of the Star Wars movies, um, but that's it's always the David versus Goliath kind of concept, isn't it? With bad versus evil and the little guy versus the big horrible beast. This uh, it's like we can't escape it. Yeah, so I don't want to spoil the story. I know it's a hundred year old story, and I, I, <laughs> but I'm not familiar with the story. Nope, not at all. I knew it existed. I'd heard when I saw Disney were making John Carter. I knew that that was. That I just never experienced that. I just knew about it, um, and yeah, it's Edgar Rice Burroughs, the guy who would be more famous for creating Tarzan, which everybody knows Tarzan, right? Everybody's seen some, yeah, some version of Tarzan, probably the Disney one. Um, yeah, Disney like to do that, don't they? Or Grace Stoke, the Legend of Tarzan. Maybe they made that one too. I don't know. I don't know. So, um, as an overall movie, I really like it. It's quite long too. It's like um, that's why it makes it feel a bit more epic to me. Exactly, like it, it's like two and a half hours. You get value for your money. Um, so moving on to the cast, we got Taylor Kitsch as John Carter. Now he's famous for the TV show Friday Night Lights, which uh, most people know him from there. Um, I'm not familiar with him at all because I don't watch that TV show. You look familiar, but I did that. love the movie. Um, and I think he did a really good job here. The only problem I had with him on occasion was at the beginning when he's when it's the Civil War part. He seemed too young and handsome to be a grizzled. <laughs> you always have that problem with. Yeah, people. it's a bit tough. It, like because he's really young and handsome, right? He's not to me. What is he? Twenty five, maybe? I don't know. He doesn't seem much older than that. And then he's this grizzled. I don't think um, he's grizzled. He's a young soldier. Yeah, but with, I'm just talking about like with the dirt and the facial hair and the. It's supposed to look like he's been through the wars, but I can see, mm-hmm. I can see he's a handsome movie star, and I'm and I'm I'm waiting. I'm going, in a minute he's not going to have that beard and his hair's going to be cool and he's going to be a hunk, and sure enough he is when he turns into John Carter on Mars. I had the same problem with the leading lady. She never got messed up at all, and she went through lots of. Yeah, fighting and stuff. So there is a lot of the star, like, but that's the problem. Only problem I had with the Taylor guy, and I liked what he did. It's just that it's it's hard for me because I can see through when it when it's supposed to be that gritty civil war. It's like Hollywood dirt. I can see. It's like when Brad Pitt is behind them. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, but it's I can see the handsome dude. It's uh, it's not. It's just the poor. It's just an idealized vision of a dirty soldier instead of like. A dirty soldier, like when Ryan Reynolds was fucked up last week or whenever in Safe House, he was. Re- it looked genuinely like dirty, bloody, yeah. muddy, bruising. Even though handsome Ryan Reynolds like, is under that, right? But it looked 
genuine, not like a like an idealized like five minute makeup job. It looked I, like someone took the time. You know? And this is a tiny small thing. I'm not picking yeah. this apart either because I actually like it. So I was just saying if I had any problem with that guy. Lynn Collins plays Deja Torres. Is mm-hmm. that how you say it? What did you think of her? She's good. I mean, it's a little bit... I don't know. I liked her. I'm not sure if I liked her character. Because at one point she says, I will die for my people. Mm-hmm. But then in the beginning she won't Mm-mm. do the other thing. So it didn't really make sense. Because that seemed like a pretty simple thing compared to dying. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, do this now, and then do something later to maybe protect everybody. Like, you're in the position now to... I liked it when she broke so. out of the... I'm not spoiling anything, yeah. but broke out of what she... Yeah. She's almost imprisoned at the beginning, and then she understands who she is. Like, I liked that transition, but that's very... Yeah. That's in a lot of movies, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> and you could see it coming, but I, I liked... What I really liked about her is um, her tattoos on her body. Mm, all of them had those, yeah. Yeah, but she had ones that were like... Um, it like outlined her shape. Mm-hmm. It was it was really interesting looking. And she's... Um, all the Mars people are uh, very, re- you know, Essex tan. <laughs> Red people. I think that she just looks... Like, I don't think it's a tan. She's just normal tan. No, I'm, I'm just skin. joking. All the Mars people have like... Look at John Carter. He's like white almost to everybody else. I think that's like, and that's about like the um, Indians and the. Mm -hmm. It's a parallel, isn't it? Um, Which I really like too. So it's like uh, what's it called? Dances with wolves. (laughs) Yeah, white man comes because it is a parallel. You know, it it starts with uh, Mm -hmm. red Indians and cowboy um, Native Americans (laughs) and soldiers from the Civil War. Yeah, Um, they're called red Indians. No, not here. No, in in. We don't call them that. You don't I, Native I, I, Americans. Well, to be PC, right? But in well, the, no, I mean that's just what they're called now. So you, I don't like. I never remember calling them Red Indians ever in school or anything. They're no, just called Indians. I always hear them say it in movies even Indians or Red Indians. I hear them say it. Red Indians, Apache, or yeah, the name the name of their tribe or Indian or Indian, which I never really understood. But isn't that just some draw, like a southern draw? I don't know. Um... So anyway, Native Americans are in the beginning of the movie and Civil War soldiers fighting. And then the parallel on Mars is the blue and Mm -hmm. the red factions fighting. It's the same, you know, it's literally a parallel. And it's, you know, Edgar Rice Burroughs had that to draw from, obviously. He has to draw from something real because he's a dude. He's right there in it, yeah. 100 years ago. So I really liked that. And I think it translated well into this movie. And I really liked, I don't want to spoil it, but the, I don't know if they did this in the books. And you know what I'm talking about. What? In <laughs> the author. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I liked that. Yeah. I thought it really was good. And and when the movie was about to end... It's a little then, cute. It is, but I... I precious. I thought it... It added... You know, like the hair standing up on your neck moment mm. in a movie? It yeah. added that for me. Because oh, I, I was like, I didn't know. I Well, you know from the beginning yeah. something. But I didn't know that that was going to happen. And I was like, it's kind of blown away. kind of. But, um, I hope they make a sequel. Because I think the world is really ready to be uh, um, explored now. Sure. Because it probably won't know if it did so poorly. Yeah. Like, That's the bad thing about 
making those, or if they do, it's not going to be as spectacular. Because there are a lot of other books. Um, maybe I should just go and read the books. Absolutely. Because I can, so why not? And use your own. Now you've got a vision of what some things, even though some people say that's bad, that you get a, someone else designs the creatures for you and then you read the book, but, you know, in this case, because they look so amazing. But this is ready, it's such a, it's such a rich world to explore, you know, and this is only touching the surface of it. Even though it is quite a, um, grandiose, grandiose thing, what happens in this movie. It's just touching on what you could do with this place. So Absolutely. I was excited. And also the John Carter character. So um, we've also got Samantha Morton as Sola. Who's Sola again? She's the daughter of the guy, the green guy. Green right, guy. so these are voices, aren't they? Yeah. Um, and Real, I love that character. I actually want that action figure. It's of really, Sola specifically. She's so They're really good designs, awesome. those characters. Oh my god. You know. And then just to know that she's like the rebel of the tribe kind of thing. Oh, it's so sad when... It is. When the, but uh, she knows. You can t- After you find out that she's run out, she already knows what she's in I for. Love, and she that, still does... It's actually she, one of the best scenes of the movie, That just that line where he says, mm-hmm. there's no more room. Yep. And she's an like, awesome character. And I was like... Oh. But that means she's brave. She yeah. will stand up for what's right no matter what she knows. And she doesn't care about... And she's the fantastic. The voice is perfect, everything. And Willem Dafoe as Taras Tarkas. Yeah. Who's Tom- the leader of the green people. Really good. <laughs> Thomas good. Hayden Church is in there as Tal Hajjus. They've all got... You know, voice acting really, really... Um, really rich and good. I was going to say really, really strong. And then there's mm-hmm. Mark Strong as um, Matai Shang. Mark Strong... When we're talking about typecasting, <laughs> you could say this about Mark Strong, but I kind of don't mind because I like him in these roles, right? Um, kind of authoritative, very calming in a way, but kind of evil underneath. Kind of. Um, in most movies, whether he's like a uh, East End gangster or a... Have you ever seen him not be a bad guy? I don't recall at all. I think he's always bad, isn't he? You know, even in Guy Ritchie Trying movies, to be good. Bad. He's trying to be good in one, in that one, but he's still... Sherlock Holmes, he's bad. This, he's... <laughs> well, right. neutral, you could say. You could. The puppet master, you could say. Mm. Um, Brian Cranston's in there as well as Powell. Yeah, you're right bad. At the beginning. Yeah, I was like, yeah, it's Brian Cranston. Walt, it's Walt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's only in it briefly, but, but fine. I like him. Yeah, and this was kind of a bit... Better than usual. I yeah. have to say I'm not in love with the guy, so that was better than usual. Uh, so this movie is directed by Andrew Stanton, who you'll all be familiar with. With um, he's from Pixar. He did uh, a Bug's Life, directed. He directs. He co-directed a Bug's Life. Uh, he directed Finding Nemo on his own, and Wall-E. Just you know, the most recent one he did. And now he's. This is his first live action. You could say this. You could say this isn't purely live. It's mostly yeah. CG, isn't it? It's huge CG movie. This. So it's a bit of both. And, you know, Pixar... A lot of studios did the animation, but Pixar were also involved there. Um, I like his work. I, those three movies that we just talked about, A Bug's Life, Finding Nemo, and Wally, they're actually three of my top favourites. Yeah. Um, a Bug's Life being my favourite Pixar movie of all time. Uh-huh. Um, I really liked how this movie was dedicated to Steve Jobs at the end because he was obviously a big friend to these people. Um, he founded Pixar, right, with um, some other... Who else did he found Pixar with? It wasn't the just other Steve guy. Jobs. The other guy. Yeah, there are two other people, weren't there? Yeah, and uh, this 
Steve Jobs died while this movie was being made. So um, it was kind, of, and it was kind. Of, did you see where he was? It's a um, what do you call that? A, a corkboard of um, it's, it's actually a piece in the movie. It's a plan. What do you call that? I don't know. The board. Oh yeah. With Steve Jobs pinned on it. Right. It's, it's in the movie. It's um, like the, a schematic of things. Yeah, yeah. It's but Steve Jobs is part of that yeah. which I really liked you'll see it at the end stay tuned when the credits start to roll yeah yeah the credits watch, are them, cool. watch the credits and you'll see Steve Jobs is kind of immortalised in this <laughs> John Carter universe so um wow you have such a flowery way of saying things that's, lovely that's what it is <laughs> he's actually he's immortalised in the world of John Carter part of the fabric of it yeah. right so um DVD extras or Blu-ray extras in this case there are a few um it's another one of these things where if you go and buy the four disc pack of this movie, which is the 3D version as well, there's more extras. Not, I'm not a fan of that. No. Um, but obviously they, they're finding a way to make you pay the extra money for the... Because they know what you're getting with Blu-ray, I mean with 3D isn't worth the extra money. You've yes. already paid your extra money for your TV and your glasses. <laughs> Why charge you more for the for the software as well? So what you get here is um, the movie in high definition. That's not an extra. <laughs> um, it looks fabulous. It sounds amazing. It's one of those... I uh, had a few times when I, the dialogue kind of blurred together for me. There were a few moments where... some great surrounds, though. The action noises weren't blended down quite low enough and the words all kind of got lost in there, but... Just a couple of times. It says on the back here, a visual marvel. I agree. Mm-hmm. It's it's. You can see where the money went on this movie. I want to watch it over and over just to spread my eyes around. It's like Avatar. You want to go like like with Avatar. Look in the corner. I just want to see it again because like look in the background always because I'm like, it's it goes on forever. There's like all kinds of stuff going on. I just and don't the see detail them. on their skin and on their outfits. Oh my god. And the animation of the characters, the motion capture. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. You know, yeah. It, it's up. It's like Avatar. You know when Avatar changed everything and they said, well, I couldn't do movies before Avatar as good as this. Well, this is doing it as good mm-hmm. as, you know. You believe that well, those characters... using that technology. technology. Yeah, so. you believe that those alien characters are talking to the humans. There's yep. no breaking the thing. There's no weird eyeline problems where nope. you're like, oh, he's not looking and at And they touch him and carry... Oh, there's a couple carrying When all those little bad. baby ones were on him. Yeah. <laughs> um... It was like they were on him, but they're not. Like, they were yeah. all folded and, you know, Pixar stuff. Um, <laughs> so, you've got Disney second screen is, uh, you know, you can plug your iPad in and s- information about the movie will appear on your iPad as you're watching it. It's kind of cool. I have an Android tablet. I wish they'd cater to the Android tablet as well, because I'd like to see it, for, you know. But, but it's a Pixar thing. They only do, an, they only do <laughs> iPad. Yeah. Um, there's a... 360 degrees of John Carter. You experience uh, every aspect of the filmmaking process on one of the movie's biggest production days. There's deleted scenes with commentary. Now, there's an alternate opening that I feel is better than the opening. I agree. Um, it makes more sense than the opening. It's not about better, but yeah, I was confused in the beginning because I couldn't tell what was going on really. It was a bit... I think that opening, with they, they mm-hmm. used just a, a random narrator like that you never hear again. And he says a lot of stuff really fast, and you have to. Say, he says that like, these are the good guys, these are the bad guys. This is a city. This is another city. This one's fighting this one. This one's fighting this one. Blah blah. Yeah. Blah. I got it kind of briefly because it was really fast, and I'm like, okay, they've made it a little bit easy. There's red people. There's blue people. Mm, there's they're this not city. blue and red. 
They're no, wearing I mean, red flags, and blue flags clothes. And stuff, yeah. <laughs> Don't get I, confused with that. Avatar. I mean, you can tell who is who. Is what I'm saying. Like, Barely. Like, here's the red team. Here's the blue team. Here's the red city. Here's the blue city. But it it was literally fast, too fast, and yeah. I I was almost going, okay, is this going to be unwound a bit slower later? Yeah, because I was confused. Much. And it does. You you get it. But I feel that the alternate opening, which is the princess giving you this narration, in a different way, so yeah. is more. it makes more sense. Yeah. I don't know if it's because we'd seen the movie already, then it made sense. Maybe, yeah. But uh, yeah, there's deleted scenes with commentary by Andrew Stanton, there's bloopers, and there is A Hundred Years in the Making, which is a really good... This movie really is like A Hundred Years in the Making, because they've tried to make this movie over and over again. Sounds like it. It got quashed. Uh, Even Jon Favreau is in here, and he he worked on it for a year, and then the the, they didn't. It just didn't come to be, right? Now he's excited to see it as a fan of this material. Um, But yeah, it's a really interesting, and it has excerpts from um, the original texts, and uh, well, the original author talking about writing these books. Shows you some awesome cover art oh, for yeah. these books from the from years ago. I love that stuff. Um, so yeah, I I think it's got a ton of extras. It's a pretty good amount of extras. If you get the three D version, you get another disc full of extras. Um, but for what is on that, I think it's pretty good. You know, and it's a long film. So um, in conclusion, I really recommend John Carter. I I agree. Don't see I the people who diss stuff. They can't have much enjoyment, can they, you know? <laughs> like, just... Like, what are their expectations? Yeah, that's what I was... After I'd watched this what movie... What do you think you know more than anyone else about the... Like, I don't When I'd it. watched this movie, and, and it was... The credits were rolling, I was just... Re- I thought back... Wow. In that two and a half hours, <laughs> a lot of stuff occurred. Magical things I could... I've never seen before. Absolutely. Wolves I've never imagined. Characters I've never... You know... And then I thought, so all these people who hate this, what do they want? What do they want? <laughs> what are they picking up? What's wrong yeah. with... I mean, they just give you everything. Like They just give you a whole adventure. What, what's wrong with that adventure? Are some people just resistant to giving in to, to like, saying, yeah, that's cool. Do you know what I mean? Like, does I think it make so. you sound... There, there is an element of people who it's not cool to like things that other people yeah. don't like. I have a little bit of that in me. If I like something and then I find out it's like a trend or a craze, I want to drop it. Yeah. It doesn't mean I turn around and criticize it. It means I don't want to be a part of it. So I kind of understand that. But Yeah, I, I personally don't... You know, I, I heard, worst movie ever. How could anybody even enjoy it? But not even close. No, no. Enjoyable. <laughs> I recommend it. Yeah. It's a so, good afternoon at the movies. So thanks to Disney for the Blu-ray. And uh, if you want to go and enter a contest, just go to aschoolie.com. We've got a few contests up there this week. Next week's Blu-ray review will be Sherlock Holmes, A Game of Shadows, the sequel to Guy Ritchie's Sherlock Holmes, again, by Guy Ritchie. Um, kind, of, kind of excited, because I really enjoyed that first Sherlock Holmes film. And you really like Shane um, Guy Ritchie? I do. Shane Ritchie. And, uh, <laughs> and Shane Ritchie. I think it was a good take on Sherlock Holmes. But in between seeing Guy Ritchie's version of Sherlock mm. Holmes, we saw the BBC's version of Sherlock Holmes, which, which was also better. amazing. You but know? it's modern, so... It is, but it a amazing. I mean, I've, we've seen ta- another take on Sherlock Holmes. 
so I'm looking forward to delving into more Sherlock Holmes because it's a really good character. You know, again, a character from a hundred years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, what are we doing at the moment? Just digging back to a hundred years and... We've got no imagination. So, uh, movie game for this week. What's the movie game? Movie memory one, two, three. And that is... And I don't know if you realize it, but it's my turn. You did it last week, so... Oh, you do it then, because I, I, yeah, no. it's had a scully, I just... Um, no, that was from last week. Oh, um, you saw what mine was, though. I just saw the question, but I forget what it was now. That's um, the question. Oh, yeah. Um, it is a game where we say, name three movies that have... Bleh, whatever. And you have to dig in your memory, not the Google, to remember back if three movies that have the whatever. And this week, mine is... I have it right here. Name three movies... With, <laughs> on other planets that have tall, skinny creatures. Very tall, skinny aliens. Avatar. Okay. I, th- I knew that would be a given. Very tall and thin and elongated. It has to be other planets. Uh, from other planets, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're going to find any from Not Earth. Space Jam. <laughs> I don't know what Space Jam is. It's the Michael Jordan basketball movie with all the cartoon characters and him. No, no. can't be that. Um, all right, so we got Avatar. Come on, I know one of them's just stuck in there. It's really tall, thin. Like everybody's tall and thin. No, just that you have some really tall. What about close encounters of the third kind. The reason is, were they tall and thin? Yes, very tall and thin. When did they? They didn't come till the end. Yeah, you see them in the special edition inside the ship. Okay, fair enough. Tall and skinny, tall you, and really elongated. Yeah. Okay, well, fair enough. Just grazed. It's not one of mine, but yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I do see a tall. Uh, I know you do. I, I can see it, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> I can't find it. <laughs> Master Jedi is your clue. <laughs> oh yeah, Gungums. Nope. Episode two. Yeah, Gungums. No. Like, um, they're not as tall. They're not what I'm talking about. They're more proportioned. Tall, skinny from episode two on the rain planet. Really tall and skinny. Oh, yeah. What they make they the clone. What could they call? Don't remember. And then my other... Do you give up on the last one? But that's... Another one is the blue lady from Fifth Element. She's very tall and very thin. Right, but there's only she's one of her that you see. Yeah, but she's a tall, skinny alien. Yeah. So that's, a, the, that's the movie memory one, two, three. For there's the something else, and it looks like a squid, and it's kind of hovering, and it's really tall. And I can't remember what movie it was from. I've seen so Is many. It's skinny, though. Yeah, real skinny, like, and it's got it's got, kind of got arms that hang down, like, and it's long and Is tall. Is it from the Abyss? I don't know. The Abyss? I don't know if those are aliens. Mm. <laughs> Maybe from uh, Indiana Jones number four? Were they tall and skinny? Yeah, Ultimately. they were like greys as well, but long ones. All right. Um, all right, so, uh, yeah, that's a good movie game. So, movie recommendations this week. I am going with the theme of John Carter. Star Wars, obviously. Um, you you can't not watch John Carter and think of Star Wars and think <laughs> of adventure and, you know, space and all that kind of stuff. Uh, also, I'm going with Dune because of the desert sci-fi thing. And Dune is a, a acquired taste for sure. Not my, not everybody. I loves should it. watch it again just because um, I remember liking it and wondering why everyone else hated it. But then I was quite gullible when I was younger with movies because I just loved movies so much. So I'm wondering. I know. like it because it's um, David Lynch, uh, and it's kind of nonsensical in most most areas. <laughs> 
Um, that's what I like about David Lynch, the uh, random kind Nonsensical. of... Nonsensical. Yeah, it's very uh, hard to follow. It's quite, it's quite dense. It's right. quite long. Um, it's got David Lynch's trademark kind of uh, oddness to it. A little bit of Salvador Dali. It's very, <laughs> it's very politicky. Yeah, that. Yeah. Um, I like it though because it, you know, of, who doesn't like those spice worms? Um, and my final one is uh, Flash Gordon, um, which. The, the Flash Gordon movie that is incredible in my opinion. It's one one of my favourite sci-fi movies still to this day. Um, we reviewed it on Blu-ray some time back. What did you think of Flash Gordon? I can't remember. I liked it, but it was I wasn't as endeared to me as to you because obviously I love everything about it. It's just it is a pure adventure. You have to forget that it's really fake-looking sets and bad costumes. It's really funny and. Yeah. Really, see, I could still get lost in it. It's like super adventurous. And this movie it had mm-hmm. elements of Flash Gordon for me and Zardos. Have you seen Zardos? That also is kind of like um, Flash Gordon. Um, and this had elements of it, kind of campy, kind of you know, politicking and like bad guys. And you know, it's it's not actually campy, but it's like yeah, this doesn't have any camp. About not campy, it. but like the th- like back at old-fashioned sci-fi. You know? Yeah. It, that, this had elements of Flash Gordon in it to me. You know, I guess it was like the royal... I mean, in Flash Gordon, everybody looks like they're wearing, like, tinfoil outfits and stuff. <laughs> but it was all trying to be regal, you know, with Emperor Ming and stuff. And yeah. in this, they're doing that, too. So, yeah, they're mine for this week. That's Star mine, Wars, Dune, and Flash Gordon. Mine are... Because of the epicness of... When you're finding out about the culture on this on Mars at this time, the bigness of everything, and I chose Riddick, which I know it isn't great, but the the world that's created, and this is also followed by Pitch Black, which because it's on another planet, and it's sort of like it's not even about really being on another planet. It's you know they're there, and then the whole thing is the drama and the action. But so Pitch Black and Riddick, and then um, specifically Episode One from Star Wars because I've just felt that same vibe of the variety of different cultures all mingled together, the sort of dirty, gritty, violentness of the world that's created out there where it's sort of like kill or be killed. And in episode one, when you're meeting all the, you know, they're slaves and they're owned and there's gambling and there's like these races where nobody gives a shit if anybody dies and all that kind of stuff. I get that feeling. From this one as well. So, that are my three. Episode one, Pitch Black, and Riddick. And Pitch Black is just a great... I really love Pitch Black. I don't like Riddick that much. I don't love the Riddick, but the Riddick, but the the grandness of how they try to portray, you know, the huge sculptures and everything. Yeah, it's just... The third one is coming very soon. He's he's finally gotten around to making the third one. So, maybe the third one will be the, uh, Mm. you know... I, that second one lost it. The, the second minutes, one was really good from a scale perspective, dead. but the um, the story I didn't really like it that much. Yeah, I, I I'm not stupid, but I don't like overcomplicated politics. It needed, did it? Yeah. That. No. It needed like visceral yeah. riddick. Yeah. And less big um, space opera type thing. Yeah. That's what I think. It needed to be more like the first... Like, like, I'm not saying be exactly like the first one, because no, that's no. boring. But I'm saying Riddick was what was fascinating. And Oh, I disagree completely. Well, but Right. And the people um, that he was stalking, etc. Well, you know. 
That was fascinating. I felt like Pitch Black was nothing to do with Riddick, so that's why I like it so much. Even though now a, it's called The Chronicles of Riddick. Pitch right, but Black. he was just a character in it, so it wasn't that wasn't when I originally watched it. It wasn't about him. It didn't. I could have done. You could have chopped him out. The Vin Diesel hard nosedness about him, and still have the criminal. The actual element. video games to the two Riddick video games are better than the second movie. Both of the games are better than the second movie, and they actually fit into this into the story. They are other movies. Especially the Chronicles of Riddick, the Escape from yeah. Butcher Bay, the one where he's in the prison. Before we get to the Yeah, it, it really does make sense. You could play it and then watch the movies and it fits like a movie. And it's so well done, it's better than that second movie, which is really weird. Maybe we should move on because you've got a lot of things to talk so, about. So, um, games and Ace Scully stuff this week. A little... Um, Dig your heels in, everyone. This is a long one. A little convention in um, Los Angeles took place this week. Uh, at the convention center called E3, the E3, Electronic 3. The E3. What is the 3? What does the 3 mean? I don't know. I've never known. Um, so, it started on Monday morning with Microsoft's press conference. Um, let me just preface this by saying this was a really weird E3. It wasn't very exciting, to be the battery's honest. battery's about to die. It wasn't a very exciting E3. It was... Um, Explain what E3 is. It's Electronics Expo. Electronic Expo... I don't so know what 3 means. It's mostly video games. It is video games. Yeah. Nothing else. So why is it called Electronic Expo? I don't know. It's just the video games. <laughs> CES is the one for Blu-ray players and, whatnot, and gadgets. Right. Yeah. So it's just video games. So it started on Monday morning with Microsoft's press conference. And yes, it was a weird E3. It was an E3 of sequels... Not much originality, in my opinion, and it wasn't very exciting. You know when I said to you last week, I really can't wait for E3, there's going to be so many surprises next week, I'm going to be blown away by it all. Apart from a few that I'm going to mention, there wasn't that much. Actually, you said you hoped for them, but you thought it wasn't going to be great. Yeah, well, I was right. So you were trying to blind yourself to the truth. <laughs> now remembering back, you had this grand idea. But no, you've already expected So I'll that. just go through the what the press conference is held and quickly tell you what happened. So Microsoft did Halo 4 to, to open. They opened with like a live action movie of Halo 4 that lasted a few minutes that, tra- that went into gameplay footage that looked really cool. Actually, they've changed Halo 4 up. The graphics look better. It's Master Chief's story again. None of that spin-off crap. It's straight back to what... What people want. Yeah, there was Halo 3, and then there was a couple of spin-off games, and now there's Halo 4. Forget those spin-off games happened, because nobody really liked them. What happened at the end of Halo 3 is resolved at the beginning of Halo 4, so it's a, con- a continuation, exactly. I think it's what the fans wanted. The only thing I've got against it is it's not Bungie anymore. They don't make it anymore. It's these new studio, 343 Studios... Hopefully they do a good job of it. But one thing for certain we know, it will be out this year, October. Okay. The second game uh, that was shown at the Microsoft press conference, and this one was a bit of a surprise for me, is a new Splinter Cell game. I'm a big fan of Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell games. The last one was terrible. They kind of lost. It wasn't even a Splinter Cell game in my eyes. The new one's called Splinter Cell Blacklist. Um... The only thing I've, I've got against this one is uh, Michael Ironside uh, refuses to do the voice for uh, Sam Fisher now. So mm. now we've got this new guy who sounds really weird to is me. Is that money? Well, I've been brought up on Splinter Cell games, and it's always been Michael Ironside, I right? I mean, has he refused because of money? Uh, it wasn't disclosed. But mm. um, 
might be busy, I don't know, but they've got this new guy and it sounds weird because it's older Sam Fisher, like he's, and I, I just... Sam Fisher is old. Yeah, I'm saying he's old. It's it's not like a prequel where he's a kid or anything. It, and this guy sounds younger than okay, Michael Ironside, so it's kind of a bit weird. But the game looks really, really good. Um, You'll get used to it in a matter of minutes. The next game that Microsoft unveiled is Forza Horizon, which is the new Forza game. Interesting, because Forza games are just these track games, you know, like um, Gran Turismo. Well, this is an open world um, racing game from the makers of Forza. Well, it's actually a separate team, but it's the Forza name. So what they've done is they've based this around this big music festival and the area where the music festival takes place, and it's Colorado, and it's all of Colorado mapped. So it's like Test Drive Unlimited. Yeah, it's an actual GPS map of Colorado. There's a big music festival taking place, and lots apparently in the culture of these music festivals, people with tuned-up cars, etc., go to them now. This is a true thing, apparently, what actually occurs in real life. That's where Fast and the Furious type people hang out. So they go to these for, they go to this um, music festival, and the Forza game is you being at this music festival and challenging people to races and free riding around. You, do you remember Test Drive Unlimited? Mm-hmm. Kind of like that. So it's a totally different take on Forza. I'm glad that they're doing that, because there's four Forza games now. They're all pretty much the same thing. Same tracks, same cars. Like, like Forza. It's really good, but it just does one thing. It's like a going around a track. This right. is actually driving in the real world, you know? Next up came um, their announcement for Xbox Smart Glass. Now, what Xbox Smart Glass is, and this is pretty interesting, actually, one of the most interesting things in the conference, if they can do something with this. So what Microsoft said is, some of our competitors are making controllers with screens on them. We want to do that, but not a controller, but we know that people sit in the living rooms with second screens, like a laptop or a cell phone, something with another screen on the knee. Tablet. That they can use to look up things while they're watching TV. Oh, who is this guy? Look it up. Hmm, we do that. We do. do (laughs) Not while we're watching movies, just to make it very clear. We don't do that no. when we're watching movies. So what I'm very interested about, Xbox Smart Glass, that's what they're calling it. Now, they're very clear that this technology will be built into the Xbox 360. And the Xbox 360, in fall, when it comes out, will be able to talk to any other device. Mm-hmm. You don't need to buy a Microsoft device. They don't care about selling devices. It will work with iPhones, Android mm-hmm. tablets, laptops, anything with another screen. And it will communicate with it whether you're playing John Madden and it brings up all your formations on your laptop or your tablet, or you're watching a movie on Netflix and it brings up all the cast information on a second screen if you need it. don't have to have it, but if you want to see who's in Mad Men, you can scroll through it here rather than it clogging up the screen. It will work within games, movies, Netflix, music. This second screen will provide extra information if you want it. And all it's very simple. You download an app. It will work in Windows 8, Windows 7, and you just go onto your iTunes Music Store or whatever. You get the Smart Glass app, you launch it, and if the thing that you're using on the Xbox is compatible with it, it'll automatically appear. They have it in iTunes, really? Even though it's a competitor? Yeah, that's what they said. It, first it will be available for iPhone, and then iPad, and then Android tablets. Then everything. And then, well, it'll obviously be in Windows 8 built in. 
Um, interesting technology. Yeah. I like the idea of, yeah, you know, they could have done this and said, yes, it only works on Windows 8 tablets to make you want a Windows 8 tablet, but they didn't, which is awesome. It's, it's, it's kind of counterintuitive for Microsoft. So um, we'll see what it does. They showed a demo of it. A guy was watching Game of Thrones on HBO. Oh, is this the jerky guy? Or is this a different guy? There was a guy watching um, Game of Thrones on HBO, and then another guy, and then he had the tablet. And on the tablet, Games of Thrones, Game of Thrones is a, like a Middle Earth. Like, where they were on the show, there was a map, like a really old parchment map on his tablet, and it was showing you where the characters are, and more information about this is this area of right. the world. It really looked cool, but... What it relies upon is people integrating that. HBO have to go and write that stuff right, down before yeah. it. So hopefully they all get on board and it becomes a thing. Oof. Imagine making a new TV show and they go, and oh, and by the way, too, yeah. we need a team. We need the interns. <laughs> to write a <laughs> to second screen up. set, yeah, builds, uh, make something, a game to go with it or behind something to go To with me, it, it sounds great on paper. And I know Microsoft will launch it. It's just whether everybody will go on it. would be a good thing with. for kid shows or even teen shows like on Disney. Sounds like an interesting little... Like you can bring up the characters, you can look at them in detail. Anything or have like, you know, journal entries from the characters. Even a little game, like yeah. you know, guess, uh, like a quiz about the, like, you've just watched it, answer the quiz and win some points, that kind of thing. There's all kinds of things you can do with it. So that's uh, Xbox Smart Glass. You're going to see that everywhere this fall. Tomb Raider was also one of, if I had a, like three of the best games at the show, Tomb Raider would be in there. It's the new Tomb Raider. It's not out till March 2013. Looks interesting. And interestingly enough, March 2013 is the new Christmas. Because all mm-hmm. the games are coming out in March 2013. They're not going out at, Nothing's coming out at Christmas? Not much. It's mostly next year. And Tomb Raider looks incredible. It's the first adventure of Lara Croft when she was a teenager and not a Tomb Raider. Um, <laughs> it's very adult. Pre-Tomb Raider years. She almost gets raped in the trailer, which is... Oh, dear. Um, really... The way she gets out of the situation. You go and watch the trailer. It's really an amazing looking game. Sounds controversial. Yeah, so that's Tomb Raider. Um, and it's actually called Tomb Raider. Not 1, 2, 3, 4. It's just Tomb Raider. Uh, looks really good. Resident Evil 6 was shown at the Microsoft press conference. Um, what's interesting about Resident Evil 6 is it's got three... That's three single player games it built into it. Three campaigns following three different characters. And get this, this is the cool part. So when you launch it, there are three different characters to play. They've all got a story that's 15 hours long, all three of them. A totally unique story. Um, but all three campaigns take place at exactly the same time. Now, say we pick campaign one, and you're Jill Valentine and I'm Chris Redfield, for instance. And we're doing our thing. At some point in that story, characters from the other two um Campaigns will crisscross into that story. Right. Those characters crisscrossing into that story will be online people playing those other campaigns, real people. Right. So you might be like, look over there, and there's, um, you know, another character from Resident Evil, but that's a real person playing. How about Alice? Is she going to be in there ever? No, not in this one, but that's a really interesting concept. Plus, you get three games for the price of one, right? Three full campaigns that you'd normally get one. They're very different. How long does the crisscross last? The crisscross, uh, he said, over the campaign area, 
the other characters will be in your game at least four hours of the campaign, of a 15-hour campaign. So you have to play with a stranger. You have to play with them at some point. You're given the option to... You can talk to them, or you can just not have voice with them. But you are given the option when they encounter you, do you want them to join your voice party? So then you can all, like... I think that's cool, because you can all... There's a couple of people you don't know, and then you've all got to work together to... And you have no option to just play bots. You can have bot. You can if you've no online at all. They can just yeah. be nobodies. Yeah. Right. But uh, I just like that idea that some real people who are playing a totally different storyline come into your line, and they could say to you, "Why are you here? What's what's happening?" Well, you're going you? into there. You're yeah. Going, uh, exactly. Press, press. Why Why are you two guys here? What happened just before you got here? And they tell you, "Oh, we were chased by this," and you're like, "Wow! Like we haven't seen that part. Like we don't." You know, it's like yeah. I think that's a clever idea. So. That's Resident Evil 6. That's coming out this year as well, in October, actually. Uh, And then they announced South Park, The Stick of Truth, which looks incredible, right? If you love South Park and you love how it looks on TV, the game looks identical. It's by the South Park Animation Studio. Um, They made it look exactly like... There's no reason it can't. No, and it's an RPG, and you are the hero. Like, you make yourself... You have all the pieces to make yourself in South Park. You come to life in South Park and you're on a journey with them. Uh, it's like a it's a funny yeah. RPG journey. But um, it looks really good. They said they had technical issues because in the game, if Kenny goes to Cartman's house, that kind of thing, he just appears in the house. They don't have to... So, like, um, they said, Trey and Matt, now... When we were doing that, we were like, where is Kenny's house? We don't really know that. There's no geography. We've never had a geography. We just we just go, oh, look, here he is in such a house. Yeah. So they had to, like, actually map out for the first time where things were in South Park, which they've never done. Hmm. Which is interesting, because, like, you don't think about that when you watch it. People just appear in each other's Cheers. houses. True. Um, so that's that one. That's not coming out till 2013, unfortunately. Dance Central 3... Not really much to say about that. It's a connect dancing game. Looks kind of fun if you're into that thing. And then they finished up the press conference with Call of Duty Black Ops 2, which looks like more Call of Duty. Um, Happiness for you. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was the highlight of that show, to be honest. I know what Black Ops... I mean, I know what Call of Duty is. And to see a new version of it, that's running on the same engine and all that. It just looks like another level from the one I'm already playing, to be honest. More it's not story. It's not kind of surprising to me. So while I enjoyed Black Ops 2, it wasn't the best thing I saw there. Um, so then the morning after, Nintendo stepped onto the stage, and there was big high hopes for Nintendo. What they were going to do is show off the Nintendo Wii U, which is their new console. They did show it off. They showed off a bunch of games. I'll just rattle through the games. Uh, Miyamoto announced Pikmin 3. So if you're a Pikmin fan, you're finally getting a sequel to that second one. Um, interestingly, I have never played a Pikmin game, even though I own all of them. I just never put them in and played them. I should, because apparently it's good. You might even like it. You build a garden. Yeah, I don't know if you saw it. It's like a gardening thing. Um, then they announced New Super Mario's suit, New Super Mario Brothers U. Everything in this new in these new games have a U after it instead of a Wii. Um, it's not very exciting. It's Super Mario Brothers. It's side-on platforming. It's the old-style Super Mario. To me, I was just like, okay, it's, well, I've played that on the Wii. They've got a Super Mario game just like that on the Wii, and this didn't look any different. Why isn't it still fun? 
It's fun, but it's just the same thing. So I wasn't very excited. Then they showed Arkham City Armored Edition, which is Arkham City, Batman Arkham City that came out last year. It's that game with Wii U controls. It didn't look exciting at all. We've already played that game. Don't need to play it again. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't interested in that. Then they showed Scribble Knots U, which I did think looked amazing. Scribble Knots is a game from the DS, and it's actually on iPhone and iPad as well. It's a game where you can type something in and then it appears on the screen. You've seen it, right? Mm-hmm. It's a good game. Uh, now, the U in Scribble Knots U means you can type anything and it will appear on the screen. It used to be you could only type in adjectives in the last game. Now you can type anything and it will appear. Anything. And even if it's not in there, you can make it and then call it what it is. Right. So you can always call so things So not up. every single thing in the world is in They're there. They're saying every single thing in the world is in it. It can't be. That's not unless you said. make it. It's impossible. We'll, we will see. That's what they said. And I... You just believe that they could get every single item in the world. Do you know what? <laughs> Scribble Knot's adjective version, the second one. There's nothing that I... I type all kinds of things in and there was nothing... Even weird things that I thought of that didn't appear. And I was amazed by how much they got... I don't know how many words they actually got in there. But everything I came up with, even weird things like vampire with an egg in his hand. That kind of thing. It would appear. And I was like, wow, really? And there was weird things. Who knows how far they've gone with this game. Apparently they've been developing it for three years. So we'll see. Um, Then they showed Mass Effect 3. Which... While Mass Effect, Effect 3 is a cool game and everything, it's a game from last year. And you played it. Nintendo. You made played it more than once, didn't you? I know Nintendo see themselves as this company that their fans only have their system. So their fans have never played any of these games. If they think that, they're living in a different <laughs> world. Because video game fans have other consoles. And most people who own a Wii probably own either a PS3 or an Xbox 360. And have already played Mass Effect. At if least. they wanted to. Yeah. So, um, Mass Effect 3, uh, it looks good. I don't even know if it was running on the Wii U, to be honest. It was just a trailer. It could have been the 360 version, for all I know. And it probably was. No, that's not fair. Well, it could have been. It was just a sizzle reel. You know, where they show a reel of all the... Why would Why would Nintendo make that mistake? They wouldn't make the mistake, but it didn't say this is running on the Wii U. They just said, is is ten games that are coming on the Wii U, and then they went... Mass Effect, <laughs> yeah, yeah. flash them all quick. They could have just been uh, PS3 versions, probably. I mean, why would they? Why wouldn't they be? <laughs> because it's Nintendo, and they have their own team of people putting together that slideshow. They're not going to go find footage from some other platform. No, e- EA will say to Nintendo, "We'll make Mass Effect three for the Wii U." They don't give. They don't need to give them footage. They can give them footage from any any version of Mass Effect. They just say it looks like that. Because hmm. I doubt it's ready yet. Um, and then they showed Trine 2, which is a PC game, um, which came out a year ago, um, again. Then they showed Aliens um, Colonial Marines, which looks really good, but that's coming out on all the consoles, actually. But that is a unique um, new first-person shooter that's going to be coming out. Um, then they showed We Fit You, which is another um, version of We Fit. Um, Are we going to get all that? Are you going to get a Wii U? I'm not, probably not going to get a Wii U, to be honest. From what I've seen so far, I don't really like what I've seen. Mm-hmm. There's nothing out of this that I would want to spend $400 on. Do you know it's what I mean? It's they don't have a Zelda. Yeah, if they had a Zelda, I'd buy it. 
If they had a new Super Mario Brothers that was in 3D, I would buy it. If they had any Nintendo property that I love in high definition mm. for the first time that looks awesome, I would probably buy it. But as it stands, there's nothing in this lot that I'm interested in. Right. Um, so Wii Fit U is the new Wii Fit. It uses the new control pad and the old balance board. Um, there's a game called Sing, which is by the people who made DJ, DJ Hero. It's a karaoke game, but it uses the screen on the controller to show you the lyrics, um, which isn't that big a deal either, I don't think. Not really. Um, they showed Lego City Undercover, which isn't... It looks really, really good. It's a Lego Grand Theft Auto-style game, open-world Lego game. But it's not just coming out on the um, Wii U, it's coming out on everything. So right. it's not a reason to have a Wii U, really. And then, finally, they showed Nintendo Land, which they said is going to be their Wii Sports of this time. And it will be a game... They didn't say it's going to come with it, but I assume it will. Because they said... Once you play Nintendo Land, you'll understand why you would need a Wii U. And I was thinking, well, you've already bought one if you're if you're playing it, right? Yeah. Maybe they just mean on a kiosk. Go and see it on a kiosk. Anyway, it's a, a bunch of mini-games that use the controller in interesting ways to kind of say to you, this is why this is unique and cool. Right. It was very unimpressive to me. And they didn't show any 3DS games in this conference. They showed them the day after. And the 3DS games that I saw were more impressive than what the Wii U had, which is really interesting. I mean, there's some really good titles on the 3DS, like that Castlevania game that we saw. That that could have been great on the Wii U, but no, nothing like that on the Wii U. So, it was a bit of a washout for me, and I love it when Nintendo unveil new stuff. I'm first to give them some money and buy a new console from them. But as far as it stands right now, this fall, when the Wii U comes out, I might change my mind if something gets announced between now and then that I'm like, oh my god, I have to have Gotta that one. It, yeah. But as, as that stands, if that is the launch lineup, I'm not in on that one. So then finally, Sony came to the table, and I think, apart from Ubisoft, which I'll talk about in a minute, Sony had one of the best showings. You sat and watched the Sony conference with me. Um, what did you think? I don't think I watched all of it. I think, you, I think you saw most of it. Anyway, it started off with um, Beyond Two Souls, which is mm. the successor to Heavy Rain. Which See, is, I don't have the same mind as you. They all blur together to me, so right. I don't know what the difference is between any of them. Right. Well, <laughs> a game that I love, and the guy who makes the game, David Cage, I've been a fan of him all the way back. He is very singular focused of making games that are more like movies than any other game. Now, sometimes some people like an can experience of a movie or looking like a movie. Everything like now, some people don't like his stuff because it's not as interactive as they would like, and it's more of a storybook, like a digital storybook almost. Choose a choose a thing here, choose a thing there. You're not really in direct control of the whole thing. I love his concepts, and he's took it a little bit further this time with Beyond Two Souls. Starring Ellen Page, Academy Award nominated Ellen Page, as they said in the trailer, mm-hmm. as the young, well, it's it's basically her life, right? Fifteen years of her life. Sounds like it. Um, it's a, it, it, it's something. The trailer doesn't really tell you, but it's something to do with the paranormal. She's in it. It looks a lot like Heavy Rain. That's it, I bought it. And it's sold for me. You know what I mean? I mean, I loved Heavy Rain. It's one of my favourite games of all time, I've got to say. It's so unique and so 
engrossing. Yeah, and, you know, this looks like another Heavy Rain to me. Like, it's going to be a big hit. Unfortunately, it's not out till 2013. Again. But, yeah, looks amazing. If I had two, three, Tomb Raider and Beyond is two of them, two of the best ones for this year. Then they showed PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale, and you saw that one. It's uh, PlayStation characters fighting each other. It's very hard to demo, right? doesn't uh, look very fun. It looks really unfun to me. Too I mean, much going on. Yeah, too it's very hard to follow. Screen. Everything's too small. Too zoomed out. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, if you know what Super Smash Brothers is on the Nintendo, it's... Sony's equivalent of that so if that's your thing you'll love this uh, they announced two new characters in it one of them was Bioshock's Big Daddy and the other one was the dude from your sh- one game that you love Nathan Drake yes yeah um, so yeah and there's all the other characters Sly Cooper um, Fat Princess but you're just a little tiny thing a yeah. little blip on the screen it's like it doesn't make any sense it's not like um of course, I always default to the Dreamcast game that I like. Yeah, I like Soul Calibur. Soul Calibur, where you're right, your characters are right up in the front, you're real close to the screen, you can see all their outfit, their, I mean, their costume and their movements, and on this one, you're just, it's crazy chaotic. Yeah. Flipping it's all not over that, the It's place. not that type of fighting game. It's, it's, a, it's, it's the, like a this. Da, 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 it's called the mashing. It's called the brawl genre, and it's a genre of fighting game. Power Button Stone mashing. was one of them on the Dreamcast. It's like a four players. All in there at once, jumping button around. Mashing. Yeah, just button mashing. Well, there's, there's, there's actually um, combos and yeah, stuff. Yeah, but how can you even tell what to do? It looks crazy. So, yeah, that is available. That will be available this year. Then they announced a couple of Vita games, which I'm in- interested in. One is Assassin's Creed 3 Liberation, which is a spin-off from Assassin's Creed 3. It's not Assassin's Creed 3. It's a separate story. For the first time, a female assassin is the main protagonist, which is right up my alley. So it's part of the same story from 3? It's a spin-off from it, a whole new story. It's nothing... If you buy 3 and you buy this, they're not repeated in any way. It's a brand new thing. So hmm. it's, it's a female protagonist. It takes place in the same era as Assassin's Creed 3, but it's okay. a separate say, side story. Why call it Assassin's Creed? It's a side story, basically, but okay. it's a whole 20-hour game. Which is kind of cool. That's the way the Vita should be used. Yeah. Don't just put the same game that's on the PS3. Make a new game that's exclusive to it. That's how you'll sell the units. And the second one is, and this is another one in the same vein. What sold you on the Vita? How powerful it is. Nothing specific. The oh, game. Yes. Wipeout. Right. I'm still playing it. It's locked in the cartridge slot and it has not come out <laughs> since I bought it. Um, yeah, it's, I love Wipeout and there was a new Wipeout and I was like... It looks like a PS3 wipeout. It's new. I've got to get it. Um, so, the next game on the Vita is... Call of Duty Black Ops 2 Declassified. And it's not Call of Duty Black Ops 2 that's coming out in fall. It's, again, a spin-off. There's a totally separate story with full multiplayer. The full multiplayer on the Vita is going to be outstanding. I wish that you could play on the Vita and then go back to the console and still have all the levelling up and stuff, but that's not going to work. But yeah, full Call of Duty multiplayer on a handheld for the first time ever. I think that's going to be amazing. Um, So you know what to get me for Christmas. (laughs) Uh, And then they showed Far Cry 3, which I'm not a big fan of the Far Cry series, but this Far Cry 3 looks outstanding. It looks... It's open-world, first-person shooter... And the other ones had a story, but the story was kind of secondary. This one, the story is 
up front and center. It's um, you're on this island. There's this weird guy. It's kind of like Kurtz from Apocalypse Now, who's gone kind of rogue. Right. And you're on this island, and he wants you dead because you're trying to expose some stuff. And you've got the run of the island. It can go any way. It's it's an right. open worldy thing. It looks really good. Um, and then they showed Wonderbook, which I won't go into loads, but it's J.K. Rowling and Sony. Oh right! It's a virtual reality book that you look. The PlayStation Eye looks at the book, and the book comes alive. It looks really good. I think kids like they held the book up, and things that Harry Potter stuff starts coming out of the book. You, you wait mean only if you watch it through your on the TV. You, you're holding the book. You can see yourself on the TV. Oh, okay. So you're, it's not coming out of the book. No, you're the book's alive in front of your very eyes, basically. It doesn't come out of the book. It comes out of the book on the TV. You're waving your wand. You're doing spells. The spells are occurring right in front of you on the screen. Kids are going to lap that up. It looks mm. really, And it looks really impressive. It, it actually works, works good, yeah. It looks like it does. So that's um, Wonderbook. Um, <laughs> Wonderbook. And then they show Naughty Dog's The Last of Us, which is my third uh, best game of the show. It's um, They're not doing an Uncharted this time. They're doing a zombie survival slash the end of the world type game. And the demo looked brutal. You, you saw mm-hmm. the demo for it. Um, looked in- they didn't actually show you any zombies or, any, or mutants in the trailer. Just actual Surviving. other people uh, trying to kill you. Yeah. Uh, it looks so detailed, the dialogue coming out of the mouse. It's not like one of them games where they say the same thing all the time. It's like a natural conversation between them while they're trying to get through this building. Again, if anybody's trying to make games that look like movies, this is this is it. Um, so, And that's not coming out till 2013 either. <laughs> and then they showed... Could be God, a good year for you. They showed God of War Ascension, which is the new God of War game. Also looks incredible. If you like God of War, it's the prequel to God of War. It's not coming out to 2013. But it's not only on that platform, right? Only on Sony. Oh, right. Uh, and then finally they showed Sly Cooper, which is coming out this year and does look really good. A new one. Brand new one. Not just a remake. No. Brand new one where awesome. he's traveling back in time. He finds a time machine. It's the sequel to the third one. I like those games. Yeah, looks really good. Um... So then, uh, I'm just going to rattle through these ones, because these were two... They were the main press conferences, and those were the big, exciting stuff. And then there's a couple of side press conferences. One's by EA, and one's by Ubisoft. The Ubisoft one, they showed Just Dance 4 for the Wii and the other consoles. It's a dancing game, if you like dancing games. Is that the one with the different decades? No, that's mm. uh, the... the Three? Um, yeah. So Just Dance 4 is uh, it's mainly on the Wii. It's the one where you wave the remote around. Uh, they showed Far Cry 3, which I've talked about, Splinter Cell Blacklist, which I've talked about, an Avengers game called Battle for Earth, but they only showed a CG trailer, so I can't tell you what that is about. They showed Rayman on... Top out. Yeah, Rayman on the Wii U, which looks spectacular. There is a game that is unique. It's only made for the Wii U, and it uses that screen on the controller to enhance the game. Uh, it looks really good. That one does look good. And then they showed Zombie U, which is a zombie game exclusively for the Wii U. And it's really weird to see a Wii game with really good graphics. It's not zombie Y-O-U. It's zombie U. Letter U. Because <laughs> it sounds like zombie U, like you are doomed to become a zombie. But what's really odd is they're essentially showing Wii games here, and they're like, this is for the Wii U. 
and then they show you this zombie U, and it looks better than something on the Xbox 360. Now, there's where I'm like, okay. This, See, that wouldn't inspire you? This console is powerful, because this game looks really good. But the game, it's a new IP for Ubisoft. It looks a bit clunky to me. It's swiping on the screen a lot. It's almost like one of them games where Nintendo say, use every single feature of that thing, Yeah. because we want to show people what it does. Flash over substance. Like a tech demo. I'm sure games further on will look really good. Speaking of tech demo, GPD said to do that 3D mark or whatever, it costs money. Yeah, it does. Didn't it used to be free? It's free, but if you want to submit your score to the server, you have to pay for the Oh, the he just said that the 720p was the free one and everything else costs money. Yeah, it's five bucks. It's not very Oh, he said $25. No, it never used to be. Hmm. That's um, why you said you don't... I'm just side point. When you said test... You had to like, pay for it for the last couple of years, actually. Right. Because um, that was a big deal back in the 90s and the early 2000s. Yeah. Um, so a little bit off topic, but mm-hmm. back on topic. Um, that was PC gaming, though. That's kind of on topic. Ubisoft showed Assassin's Creed 3, which I didn't mention before. I mentioned the Vita version, but the actual console version looks amazing. They showed the pirate ship battle, which nobody knew existed. We thought it was Assassin's Creed, and they said... Oh, guess what? You can sail the high seas on a pirate ship and be a pirate. And then they showed you it. And it was like the greatest pirate game you've ever seen. I've always wanted a pirate game because they don't exist. Can you think of a video game that actually no, simulates pirates? I don't know as many as you. There isn't any. Really. I mean, there are a couple, like, but they're eventually uh, puzzle games and stuff. This looked like what I wanted a pirate game to be. Walking the plank, shooting the cannons... Sailing the Caribbean. It looks... And that's part of Assassin's Creed 3. Raping and pillaging and killing and... All that stuff. <laughs> God. So, um, yeah. Because uh, pirates are just charming creatures. <laughs> well, amazing that they never even mentioned that there was a pirate section in it. But then you're thinking, it's the Civil War. There's also the Revolutionary War. Revolutionary War. And Lots there's also... Of, we're talking about paralleling the time of Jack Sparrow. That time frame when... Yeah. The East India, all that's taken over the, you know, taming the seas and the trade routes and all that. And they said, they also said, and this is what makes Assassin's Creed... Not that Jack Sparrow's real, I'm just saying. (laughs) This is what makes Assassin's Creed 3 even more interesting is they said, all the historical figures of the time will appear in our game as digital reproductions. So everybody. All. Yeah. Everybody who was around in that time, in that period, in that location. Boston, uh, mm. all the areas that they're going to cover will be in it, which is like, wow. So you will what bump into who? Who are, are you talking about? Sub- Revolutionary presidents War? and in the seventeen seventies, seventeen sixties. Yeah. Know? Well, there won't be. There's only going to be like the main president, not presidents, but like um, politicians and um, generals and founders of the United States and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, all, all, it's that time, the founding fathers' time. So. Um, yeah, that's Assassin's Creed 3. Looks fantastic. And it is coming out this year. Um, you do learn history on that game, I must say. It's kind of like God of War because you learn stuff. You learn a lot of history because they have the codex and you can open it up at any time and read about every building that you go past, yeah, why yeah. the building is there, who lived in that building, all that kind of stuff. You know, And you're going to do it again with this one. Uh, and then, finally, in the Ubisoft press conference, they showed Shoot Mania. Which is like a eSports... Do you remember Track Mania, the racing game that mm-hmm. I love where you make your own tracks? Well, then Shoot Mania is the sequel where you make your own first-person shooters. You lay out all the blocks, you give all the weapons, you make your own. 
Right. Looks kind of lame. <laughs> I have to say, it looked kind of lame. Um, if you like building stuff like Minecraft and things like that, I think you might like it. But the graphics look like really poor. Like, yeah, I can make a first-person shooter, but it looks like shit. Who cares? Like, nobody will want to play it. Oh, well, somebody will want to do it. And then finally, the game. Possibly of E3. Nobody saw this coming. Watch Dogs. Um, nobody even knew this was anything. They showed the trailer. It's ten minutes long. It's not a trailer. It's gameplay. It's a future world. Not too far in the future. Maybe ten years. Where we've developed... we Basically, hackers, or the hackers and the underground hackers, can hack you wirelessly. Oh, yeah, that one. Learn everything about you. He just can walk just past you on the street. Walk past you with his cell phone, point it towards you, and he can see your driving license number, everything about you, you, you know, whether you're doing court or whether you've... Because of what? What's it picking up on? Uh, like near-field identification chips that everybody has in the future. Okay, so it's not like from your credit right, card Right, so they're not supposed to be able to be hackable, but there's this faction that have got into this, and they are kind of driving everything. And you're this... He's kind of an assassin um, who uses hackery to his advantage. Hackery? And it looks open world, and the the mission that you see, he's got to go into this art gallery to find this guy, to get him out of there, to find out some information. And you see him at the door of the art gallery, and all the people are mulling about, and it looks amazing, all the wind is blowing in the trees, people are talking about a storm coming and stuff. He's at the front of the... He points the cell phone... And this is you doing it all in real time. He points the cell phone at the front of the art gallery. Presses a button. It says, um, mess with the lights. Turn all the lights off. All the lights go off and all the cell phone coverage goes down because he turns that off too. And you can see people in the line waiting for the art gallery going, what, this stupid internet can't get anything. And people coming out of the art gallery saying, I can't get any reception in there. Is it better out here? And as they all come out, the security and everything messing with the cell phones, he just creeps in, right. mingles in the art gallery. And it's just, to me, it opens up, that gameplay opens up limitless things. I, I'm, sure. I was thinking, if that's done right... And that you can hack into people's cars and make them do what you want? I mean, You know, I was thinking, he was in the art gallery and there's a lady in the corner. And he, he's looking for somebody else. But he hacks her to have a look. And it says that she is doing court for a parking ticket and also had been charged with a felony recently. Now, can I go and follow her and see what she does? Maybe apprehend her if she does something else? You know, maybe she's... If everybody's leading a life and I can literally veer off and go and see what they do. Just follow them. And then maybe see what they do. Maybe she is prone to violence and she goes and does some violence and I can... St- you know, that right, kind of thing. Yeah. There's so many things. Uh, it looks amazing. Um... We're not very sure, because you can't tell from the trailer, whether this even is for this generation of consoles. It looks so good. I don't think it's for the Xbox 360. I think it's for something else. So, I reckon we'll see this at next year's E3. Probably announced for some new system. For 2014. (laughs) Yeah, probably. And then finally... Finally? We get to EA's press conference. Now, EA's press conference wasn't very exciting. It's the year of prequels, threequels, as you might say. Dead Space 3. Dead Space 3 looks good. I do like the Dead Space franchise. And the third one has co-op for the first time. You can play with a friend. Um, Looks fun. Madden 13. 
I don't care. There's a Madden game every year. I'm you not a sports fan. You not care any fan. less if they paid you. They announced SimCity Social is yeah. coming to Facebook within the next three weeks. Your thing went off. It looks really good. Um, yeah, that doesn't matter. Um, oh, okay, that meant SimCity Social um, looks really good. Um, it's coming to Facebook. You'll all be able to play it. It's going to be a free game. And they say they're taking the vil out of SimCity and the Facebook games. So don't think it's one of them where you've got to bug your friends for an extra building for your city. It's more of just, just play SimCity. I want the real SimCity. And then finally, not finally for SimCity anyway, finally for SimCity, they announced the real SimCity. There's a PC version of SimCity. It's just called SimCity. They're redoing it again. When is it? It's coming, uh, they say fall. Nice. Um, so Can I pre-order it? <laughs> I think you probably can on Amazon. I'll do it. I'm, I love the Sim games. I don't give a shit what anybody says. They're fun, creative. You don't have to kill anybody. Don't have to have tornadoes and shit put, burst through your city. You can. I mean, the guy did say in the interview, you play it how you want. You mm-hmm. can even take a green route this time. And try like and make, make your, your town all non-polluted. So, um, yeah, that's SimCity. Well, it makes me want to play it right now. And then after that, they announced Battlefield 3 Premium. Now, what this is, is it's like Call of Duty Elite. You buy Battlefield for, from them for $60. What's Battlefield? It's their version of Call of Duty. Okay. It's like um, a sh- first-person shooter. Massive. EA. Yeah. Battlefield 3 is their big first-person shooter. Well, they announced Battlefield 3 Premium. You pay them another $50, which is the same as Call of Duty Elite, and you get all the downloadable content for the rest of the year. Right. Um, and you also get some other stuff. But to me, it's just like... Well, because Call of Duty did it, so can we. I think they should have been bigger than that and just said, no, we're not doing that. We don't need to extort people out of more money. Uh, they're a big company. That's all they want to do. I know, and that's obviously And if someone else already worked out a plan and all we have to do is copy it, yep. best case that's scenario. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you pay, if you've already bought Battlefield 3, which you would have done in November, and you're playing it happily... You can now go and pay them $50 more and you'll get all the DLC. You were probably going to pay them $50 anyway. But yeah, you'll get a lot of DLC for it. Um, Medal of Honor, which is their other first-person shooter, which looks exactly like Battlefield now because they both use the same engine. So if you look at them both, I couldn't tell you which is which. Um, So they're making a new Medal of Honor. It's out this year. Medal of Honor Warfighter. Um, It looks really, really cool, i got to say, but... First-person shooters are all becoming a bit of a oneness. Yeah. Military ones, anyway. It's like, oh, it's another military first-person shooter. What would make one stand out to you? Not, think, not like, redo something else, something that you've not seen. What I think would... Call of Duty Black Ops this year, too. Because it's moving into the future, 2025, and the technology is actually a lot different to what you're normally used to playing. That might be a good way of going. It's, but that's not you thinking of it. Someone else already did. I mean, what's something you would like I'd to like see? I'd like to see cops. Cops? What do you mean? Oh, like just policemen mm-hmm. instead of military. Mm-hmm. Tell me good. Where like, you're just hunting down, yeah. like you're on your beat, FBI and all of a sudden... Anything, whatever. Well, different just units. cops. Like all of a sudden you get a call that some dude's running through the back streets because he stole somebody's purse and you got to... Yeah, or, or the whole range of law enforcement. Like starting off as a lowly beat policeman, ending up as like... CIA, FBI, all that kind of stuff. I'd like to see that in a Call of Duty thing. That'd be good. It would work. But they never because really... Because as a police officer, you could actually belong to a military thing. You've done your tour, but you're on reserve, and all of a sudden you get called, you go again, come back, you're still a cop, 
you've been promoted. You know what I mean? Like, you can so, mix it up. So, Activision, if you listen, <laughs> Call of Duty Cops, that no, needs to be done. Bad boy, bad boys, what you Because it do? takes it away from the military thing, and it it's more grounded. You're in... You're not in Afghanistan. And you have an endless number in... of towns. You could also be a member of local police officer thing, but they want to take a group to a, a place where a war is just, like, take you to Iraq or Iran and say, we need peacekeepers. UN peacekeeper game. <laughs> right. <laughs> That'd be kind of cool. Because they get into action. It's not all peace. Yeah. As we know. As we know. From seeing okay. movies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> As we know the truth from seeing a movies. A true story movie. Yeah, the whistleblower. Um... So, yeah, that's uh, Battlefield and Medal of Honor. Uh, they also announced a partnership with the UFC. I don't really give a damn. Ugh. Now they're making the... Uh, somebody else used to make the UFC games, but now UFC is made by EA. Um, FIFA. Classy. FIFA 13, they also showed. Really excellent. If you like soccer slash football, or football slash soccer... It actually looks really good this year. And it always is good, FIFA. I'm just not a mega sports game player, but I do like appreciate FIFA. it, yeah. Um, and I do appreciate Madden. It's done really well, Madden. It looks like you're watching... Nowadays, if you watch somebody playing Madden, with the commentary, everything, it looks like you're watching football on TV. It's so good. I just don't like football. Um, so, right up to the end here. Need for Speed Most Wanted. Need for Speed last year was terrible. Need for Speed The oh. Run. It's one of my favourite franchises, and I said to you, I've just yep. played Need for Speed. Terrible. 12, 10 hours, I've never put it back in again. That was it. Uh, this Only year, 10 whole hours of your life. This year, Criterion are back on the job. They're the guys who made Burnout. They're making the new Need for Speed. They made a Need for Speed a couple of years ago as well. And it was fantastic. Need for Speed, Hot Pursuit. This one's mm. Need for Speed Most Wanted. It's an open world like Burnout... And it's the one where the cops are after you, which is the one everybody wants. Like, every year they keep bringing Need for Speed out, and they're going, here's another Need for Speed. everybody hated the cops being No, the cops one has always been the one. It's really annoying. No, it's so good. It's so good. The gameplay is so good, being chased by the cops. It's it's really good. It's so annoying that... Well, plus you can be the cops, which is even awesome. When you're online, and, like, you are the cops, and you're chasing down the races. You know, it makes a really good game. Criterion are doing it. It's open world. It's literally like Burnout Paradise, but it's a Need for Speed title. And Burnout Paradise is one of the best racing games of this generation. So I'm excited for that. That's a must-buy. Crisis 3 was also announced. I'm not a massive fan of the Crisis games. They look beautiful. It's a first-person shooter with alien technology. Crisis 3 looks really good. Um, But it looks a lot like 2. I wasn't very excited. And then the very final game of the show, Star Wars 1313. This is not a game that you're going to be playing on your Xbox. This is a game for the next generation of consoles. They even said, somebody said to them, they show not a trailer, some gameplay. And somebody said, this just looks too good to be true. How can a game like this be running on these consoles? They said, it's not. It's on the next generation. Right. And that's all he would say. So my idea, my thing is, it's probably running on the highest end PC you can possibly buy. And then it'll be running on these next-gen consoles when they come. It's amazing. It's Star Wars. It's a mature-rated Star Wars. So it's the... If HBO did Star Wars, it's that. You're a bounty hunter. It's on Coruscant, which is the big city planet. And um, I don't know if you know about Coruscant. It's a big city planet that's all... You know Mm -hmm. it. Well, each level of the city has a number. Hence... 
1313, that's the level of the okay. city this takes place on. And you're a bounty hunter, and it's got F-bombs in it, and it's Star Wars if And gritty, HBO the guy said. Yeah. And the graphics, you've never seen anything like it. It's like watching an episode of a Star Wars show. If, if HBO made the Star Wars show that they've been promising for years, the actual show, because they're going to make an episodic show, this is what it, I think it'll be. Um, so yeah, that's Star Wars 1313. That closed the show. So my games of the show. Tomb Raider. Looks amazing. Um, Beyond Two Souls with Alan Page. Can't express how much you should pick that one up when it comes out. And Star Wars 1313. And what was the other one that I said I really loved? The Last of Us. The one with the hacker, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and Watch Dogs. Watch Dogs. So I have to have five. Those, <laughs> those are my five. Go and look at the videos on YouTube or wherever. They are amazing looking games. But, as I said, it was a really kind of weird E3. Because I think we're in a transitional period between consoles and they're holding back a lot of stuff. Um, so, before I lose my voice, Sid Talk, what's for dinner? <laughs> Finally. Wake up, everybody. What is for dinner tonight will be chickpea salad. Are you saying that they go see John Might and now when yes. your part comes, they're all, they're all full yes. of... Oh, they, yes. can't, they don't want to hear about awesome games. They want to hear about what's for dinner. Correct. Correct. Awesome is a bit of a stretch, but whatever. Uh, for dinner will be chickpea salad, which is like chickpea spread on a sandwich. Delicious. I've got my own special recipe if you want it. Go to my website, sidtalk.com. Um, in addition to that, we'll have some fried potatoes and some peas, carrots, and corn. So that's what's for dinner. My, um, I don't really have any advice today. I feel a bit, mm, neutral. So, uh, I guess I can give you some advice. If you get stopped for speeding, as I was a while back, and you know you weren't speeding, and you have reasons to be able to possibly prove you weren't speeding, don't just cower and pay the How many percent bill. in your mind do you know you weren't speeding? 100%. Definitely 100? Yes. Not 95? Nope. 100%. So, uh, the other day I went to court and you go up to the judge in midst of all these other, it's night, co- evening court, you know, and you hear all these other little cases going, well, they're not little to the people, but you know, calls you up and says, you know, Miss Hayes, you're speeding, I want to plead guilty or not guilty, and I said, not guilty. And I, like, looked at him, and he smiled, and he was like, okay, uh, we'll give you a court date, and you will come back for trial. So they say you get, like, pre-trial hearing. Trial is But if you know you didn't do it, I'm not going to pay $110 when the guy, I don't, I'm just convinced he made a simple mistake. That's it. Like, simple, simple. And I'm not just going to pay it. As long as they, if, if they, if they, if he says, here's the printout from my machine. Yeah, but... That doesn't mean anything, because I wasn't... No, I'm saying, then you can argue that, too. Absolutely. Because you can say, no, that doesn't work. I want proof. I want to see my... I want the proof proof. I don't trust your proof. I don't trust your machine. I don't trust your judgment. I don't even know how it works. If you say I'm going to research it. Yeah, if you say that, because anybody can say that. It was a Friday evening at 8 o'clock. I wasn't the only car on the road. I know I was going the speed limit, because I used my cruise control, and I was going down to each speed limit as I hit each speed in going into town. Get to the right speed limit, hit the cruise control. Get the right speed limit, hit the cruise control. I was going the right speed limit. That's it. And there was loads of other cars, and he was he had the lights on before I even crested the hill where he was beyond the hill. So on the other side of the hill was 55 miles an hour. On his side of the hill where he was sitting was 40 miles an hour. He clocked me at 54 before I crested the hill. Well, 54 and a 55 is not exceeding the speed limit. 
See what I'm saying? Right. So it's hard to describe unless I do a graph but a picture, a live action video. But my advice is, if you know you didn't do it, don't just go, well, nothing I can do about it. Just fight it. It's nothing bad's going to happen. I might, if in the end they absolutely refuse to, I mean, I don't know what else to do except they'll, I pay the fine. I mean, in the end, I don't know how far you can take it, but don't just, don't just let the man push you down. Even though he was a very nice man, I must say. <laughs> All right, so, um, Thanks for listening to the show. Remind you about our websites, aschoolie.com, sids.com. Catch us on Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube. You can catch this podcast on the Zoom Marketplace, the iTunes Music Store, or the RSS feed. Just go to aschoolie.com, click on the word podcast. Email feedback to me, aschoolie.com. Don't email Sidtalk, she does not care. <laughs> and stay classy, John Carter and E3. Um, wasn't that much of a classic. Actually, no, I didn't see any booth babes. So... Maybe E3 Good. was a little bit more classic. Maybe they grew up a little bit. So, yeah, uh, we'll see you next week with our review of Sherlock Holmes, A Game of Shadows. Awesome. And I'm going to say, think for yourself, everyone, because if you don't do it, somebody will be doing it for you.